Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yeah? Can everybody hear me in the back? Yes. Yes? I don't know. Is it on? Yes? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. Anyway, if any of you have noticed that my eyes are a little bit different... I woke up with a sty this morning. The reason why I'm explaining that is because I don't want you to think that I upset Kathy and she punched me in the eye. <laughs> you know, Paul, please turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 5. Paul said these words about the gospel and he said it with I believe it was love for the lost and when we read through the scriptures you see that he had a great love for the lost and he said it real clear here in Romans 1.16 he said for I am not ashamed of the gospel why? Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First the Jew and then to the Gentiles. It's the power of God unto salvation. We know that to be true because we who have repented have been given that free gift of eternal life. And now that we have that free gift of eternal life and we are the children of God because we're born again. So being born again, we are translated from the darkness into His marvelous light. Here in Matthew chapter 5 and 13, Jesus, giving the Sermon on the Mount, says this to the believer. Chapter 5 and verse 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor or season, how shall, how shall it be seasoned? Let me get my glasses. You know, even my glasses were lost this week. I ordered a pair of glasses and they happened to call me Wednesday. We lost your glasses. Can you come in and pick another one? It'll take another two weeks. <laughs> you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? We know automatically that salt, once it loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. First you are salt of the earth. Then you are light. Not of the earth, of the world. We have a tremendous responsibility as believers and we'll learn as we go through the scriptures how great that responsibility is. 
You are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Light to all who are in the house. First, the salt. The Lord Jesus said as his children, we are the salt of the earth. Psalms 34 and verse 8 says this, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, how is that possible? How can someone taste that the Lord is good if he's not here physically? Well, God took care of that. It is through us. The Word of God says that our lives are hidden in Christ. Not He's hidden in us, but that we are hidden in Him. So He needs to be seen in our lives. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I remember when I first got saved, that was one of the verses, one of the verses that I heard when I first got saved. My back was against the wall. I knew that I wasn't going to last. From my, from my addictions and my past life. I was deep. I was gone. I was way out there. And when I heard this verse, I said, well, you know what? I have nothing else in life to look forward to. I'm at my wit's end. I want to see what the Lord is like. I want to see how good He really is. And because of His mercy and grace, I'm here before you all today. Only because of His mercy and grace. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Colossians 4.6 says this, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Notice that. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. You know, I was at the dentist Thursday. And when I was at the dentist Thursday, I met this woman, by the, an, uh, a much older woman, by the name of Brenda. And as I'm sitting in a chair, I asked her, I said, well, be a little careful because many of you know I had neck surgery. So I don't know what it's like to lean all the way back. It's been a long time. So when I said to her, you know, let's see how I do in the seat. And I sat in the seat, she lowered me, she lowered me, I was fine. Then she started telling me about her back problems. Her problems with her back. And as she was telling me her problems with her back and how much pain and suffering she was going through, I did not say to her, to my response to her, telling me what she was going through. I didn't say, well, I lucked out. Well, it was luck that was there for me. And I didn't have any pain. And I didn't experience any of the things you did. I said to her, The Lord was gracious to me. Our conversations 
seasoned with salt. We always give the Lord the credit in our lives. Somebody says, you're a good man. Well, the Lord makes the difference. He's the one that makes the difference. It's always the Lord in our lives. You don't have to go to classes to learn how to witness. You already are. By using the Lord and giving Him the honor and glory before an ungodly society. It's always about the Lord. Always. Remember that. Seasoned with salt. And when I said that to Brenda, I said, the Lord was gracious to me. She had her back to me. And she says, the Lord, this is what she said, the Lord is gracious. I respond, I didn't expect. But she said, the Lord is gracious. She says, you know what? No one in this office, no one in this office speaks of the Lord. She turned to me and she asked me this question. Are you a Christian? And I responded by saying, born again. It's crucial. It's crucial that we tell people that we're born again. Right? The Lord Jesus said in John 3, 7, Ye must be born again. In today's society, everybody claims to be a Christian. We're different than that. We're God's chosen ones. We're His people. Chosen before the foundation of the world. Not because, not because He favored us, but because He knew we were going to come. Respond to the gospel. Repenting and asking for forgiveness. But there are many out there, many religions are saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. When I said to her, born again, she responded and said to me, me too. And our conversation was about the Lord. All that time she was cleaning my teeth. I couldn't speak. <laughs> I had all those pills in my mouth and the suction. But she was telling me about her nephew and her concerns for his soul. It's a grandson, Josh. His name was Joshua, 30 years old. She goes, I'm concerned about his soul. She says, my greatest fear for mankind and humanity is that they're going to hell. I couldn't speak. So I raised up my thumb, telling her, telling her through my raising of my thumb, that is a very good concern. Because that's God's concern about humanity. It is God's concern. Do we wake up in the morning and have our time of prayer and say, Lord, how can you use me today? Remember, your life is hidden in Christ. How can you use me today? I thank you for the great salvation. We should be thanking God every morning for His salvation, for His grace, for His mercy, for His goodness, for all who He is. All who He is. <coughs> so, if you remember, keep Brenda in prayer. I said, you need prayer and I'm going to pray for you. I wish I was able to pray for her there at the at the dentist's office, but again, I had all those drills and suction things in my mouth. But I said to her, here's my wife's phone number. 
She has a prayer group on Tuesdays. You can give her a call and join in in that prayer group. And they will pray for you. And your grandson. She's going through some serious situations with him. And she was so grateful. You could see in her eyes the water, the tears that were ready to fall down her face. And I said to her, the Lord bless you. She said, thank you and may he bless you too. It was a pleasure talking with you. And I said, likewise. So we never know. We never know if we never speak on behalf of the Lord. We have to stop with the worldly conversations and staying with only worldly conversations. We always need to bring the Lord into it. Whether it's His goodness, I'm alive today. Whether it's of His doing, of His giving, I exist and live because of Him. It's always about the Lord. And Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation... The King James Version uses the word conversation, but in the NIV uses the word citizenship. It's in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there. Eagerly await a Savior from there, from heaven. He's coming back to take us home. Are we warning others? Are we telling others? That's a great conversation to have. I remember... John, my buddy John, he always boards my bus in the morning and says to me, um, this, is the Lord, this is the day that the Lord had made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. All the time without fail. And I always respond and say, praise the Lord. He says to me, I was just at the time clock punching out, and there was several men there. And one of, one of them, I believe there was four, and one of the four said to him, said this to him something about his age that he's getting older and you know not looking well whatever getting older you know what his response was to that he goes well when I die I know where I'm going do you he said that not only to him but the other three were listening and then he walked out he didn't say that in sarcasm John is not that type of person John loves the lost. John is one who will go in a parking lot and filled with cars, put tracks on everyone and try to make sure that he doesn't miss a car or anybody that is walking by because he cares about the lost. He knows there's devastation for the soul. Matthew 17, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 says, Broad is the road, broad. Is the road that leads to destruction and many, many will go through it. Many. The Lord has given us an understanding how serious this is. Many. Then it goes on to say narrow. Narrow is the way that leadeth to life. And only a few will find it. You know what my understanding of that is? That there are going to be more people in hell than in heaven. That's my understanding of that verse. A broad road for the destruction of souls and a narrow road that leads to life. 
and not many will find it. Jesus said of himself, For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Mark 9.50 says, Salt is good, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty? We can't. Have salt among yourselves. We gather in the name of Christ to do what? To speak of Christ, right? There's nothing better else to speak about than about the Lord Jesus Christ. Have salt among yourselves. It's always about Jesus. And be at peace with each other. Good salt are lives that are pure and penetrating. Pure and penetrating. That's the salt that is edible. And it's with a complete understanding that we belong to Christ. We belong to Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not your own. You don't live, we don't live our lives the way we want to live them. Kathy and I always tell our children, please pray, see what the Lord wants for you. If the Lord said to Brandon, well, I don't want you to be a nurse. Doors are open for you to go to Nairobi. Well then, so be it. The Lord's will be done. Sometimes we're too focused here on the things of the earth. We're like Abraham, pitching our tent and passing through. This world is not our home. We're passing through. We're just passing through. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought with a price, purchased by the blood. Purchased by the blood of Christ. Made pure to honor God in word, in deed, and in thought. Not when we feel like it, on a continual basis. Matthew 13, 5, verses 45 and 46. The Lord says of the church, we are a pearl of great price. He speaks of a merchant man. The merchant man went and sold all that he had for that pearl, and he bought it. Christ left all that he had, became lower than the angelical host that worshipped him, came here on earth and purchased us. And he calls us a pearl of great price. Please turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. God wants us He wants our lives to be worthy of the gospel worthy of the gospel that's part of your life being sought 
And Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27 confirms that. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or in absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice, he's not saying, he's not speaking to individuals. He's speaking to the body of believers in one faith, living worthy of the gospel. Paul was able to say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Can we say that? Can we say that? Are we showing it with our lives that we're not ashamed of the gospel? You don't have to be a street preacher. You don't have to be gifted to preach the gospel. But we are all commissioned. Some are in salt. We all are salt who are in Christ. We all are light of the world who are in Christ. Colossians 3.17 says this, Whatever ye do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Mrs. Mokotash was a woman I knew in Yonkers. I knew her children. She used to say to me, even though I lived in Jersey City, Peppy, can you come and please have Bible studies with my children? In the name of Jesus. She'd call me and say those exact words. Every day you would always hear her say, in the name of Jesus. She went home to be with the Lord. But everything that she said, and everything that she wanted us to do, was always... In the name of Jesus. How can I refuse that? First, it's a Bible study. Then she said, finished, topped it off, in the best way. In the name of Jesus. John 17, the Lord's Prayer. He says, Jesus says he was sent into the world to make the Father known. We are set apart, sanctified, set apart for the same mission to make the Father known. To make the Father known. Romans, you don't have to turn there. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Romans chapter 10 and verse 14 says this, How how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. 
who bring glad tidings of good things. Not only are you so reminded that we are the light of the world. John 1.9 says this, the true light is Christ. John 8.12 says, the Lord Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Ephesians 5.8 says this, For you were once in darkness, but now you are in, you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. How should we ought to live? As children of life, of light. This is a dark world. This is a very dark world. There's so much ungodliness. Have you realized how much ungodliness is going on in today's age? We have the big Eva, which is short for the big evangelical churches. They're preaching, not repentance, but just say this prayer. You need to understand what you need to be saved from. Correct? You have to have that biblical understanding what you need to be saved from. Saved from what? Saved from the penalty of sin. Saved from its penalty. But they say, say this prayer and everything will be alright. The big evil is, is, the big evil is doing a lot of things and preaching a lot of stuff that isn't biblical. And it makes it harder for us as true believers in Christ. I don't know if they are believers. The Bible says, only the Lord knows those who are His. So you can live a life where you may deceive others. But remember, it's the Lord that knows those who are His. So we can walk around and say, He's a Christian, she's a Christian. But really only the Lord knows. So we have these things against us. Even people that are claiming to be Christians, they're preaching um, another gospel. And then, not only a, a, another gospel, the money that they're making. What are others going to think about us? That we're into the money? That we're into the things of this world? No, we're not. We're not. We're pilgrims passing through. This life means nothing. Our life, again, is hidden in Christ. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. We need to think about heavenly things. We need to be grateful for the salvation that we're going there and we want others to come with us. God is not willing that any should perish. God has shed His love where? In our hearts. Why? It's hard to love the lost. The mockery that I went through in Panasonic is unspeakable. Things that the men used to say to me was hurtful and painful. Only God knows I would go to the back of the warehouse and shed many tears and, and keep silent. What was at risk? The souls of those men. Not my tears. Not my tears. We, we, we learn from that. We move on from that. We don't pity in that and say, well, I'm not going to get hurt anymore. It's not about you. 
Remember, your life has been bought with a price. You are not your own. We are not our own. But we live at times as though we are. God help us. May we see the light and the truth of His Word bringing honor and glory to His name. Not when we feel like it, but on a daily basis. From the time that we open our eyes to the time we go to sleep. There's lots to be thankful for. So much that God has us, wants us to do here in His life. To bless, to bless us. The big Eva, they have their money. Some are worth 45 million, 55 million. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? The Bible goes on to say, Oh, what shall he give in exchange for his soul? What can you give God that is better than Christ? Nothing. 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 Christ is the ultimate. Please turn with me to 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter six. Verse fourteen. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what has fellowship for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Belial. Belial is a Greek word from the Old Testament. The word Belial comes from there. The word Belial means worthless person. Belial in the Greek means a lawless person. It was then used of Satan, the most worthless and lawless of all. Of all. Ephesians 4, 21-24 says, Our former life is gone. We've been forgiven. We no longer live that way, the way we used to. We live in newness of life. In newness of life. Lord Jesus, have your way in my life. Do all, say all, that matters and glorifies your name through my life. Remember, it's not my life. He owns us. He bought us. We came just like this, lawless and worthless, apart from Christ. But now that we're in Christ, remember, we are a pearl of great price. We're a special people. We're His children. We can always cry out, Abba, Father. That relationship with God is never going to change. Never going to change. He's our God forevermore, for all eternity. And the Lord Jesus in glory will bear the marks of the price He paid to save the souls of men. 
They are the marks. We're the light of the world. Proverbs 14.14 says this, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And a good man or a good woman shall be satisfied from him or herself. Notice the difference. The backslider, full of his own ways. Well, what can I do to make my life better? What can I gain? What cars can I drive? What homes can I buy? That's all apart from the will of God. Never looking to the Lord, but a true believer in Christ who cares about what the Lord wants for his or her life will be satisfied from him or herself. Satisfied from him or herself. Let's look at a life. I want us to look at a life. And I'll go quickly as possible as I can. Please turn with me to Genesis 19. A life that should have been lived for the Lord. One who knew the Lord. And his name was Lot. We know that Lot belonged to the Lord because Second Peter 2, 7 and 8 says, and it confirms that his salvation, it confirms his salvation belonging to the Lord, a man living among sexual debauchery, sodomy. When he, in, in Genesis 13, verses 5 and on, as Abram and Lot are together, there's a quarrel between their herdsmen. And since there were, a quarrel arose between their herdsmen, Abram said to Lot, Choose where you want to go, and I will go in the opposite direction. If you go east, I'll go west. If you go west, I'll go east. Lot chose. Lot chose an area that was near the city of Zoar, an area where the Bible describes that it was beautiful. It was like God's garden. It was beautiful. Was that a bad decision, a bad choice? No. Was it? At the time it wasn't. But here's what's bad. The Bible says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Sodom, an ungodly city. A city that God wound up burning in ashes. A heap of ashes for their debauchery, the sodomy that they they were doing. Lot was living in sodomy, in Sodom. Living in Sodom, living in Sodom, then the Bible never mentions his herdsmen. The Bible never mentions his flock anymore. What happened to that? In verse 1 it says that he was sitting at the gate. He's a businessman. He's become a businessman in Sodom. Doing dealings with these ungodly people. Then two angels come to meet him. And the angels that come to meet him are sent of the Lord. They're two men in a bodies. Eight two angels in the bodies of men. And when they come and they arrive, right away Lot notices who they are. So he bows his face before them and he asks them and invites them to come into his home. 
You know what their response was? Oh, great, yeah, let's go. No. Their response was, we're going to stay in a city. And in the middle of the city, in the plaza, we would rather stay there. Why would they say that? I believe because of his bad testimony. Remember, if the salt loses its flavor, it's good for nothing. What do we do with bad salt here in the United States? We throw it in the streets. We put it on our sidewalks. In the streets, the tires run them over. On the sidewalks, trotted under the foot of men. How, how, what is the example that we're setting? Lot was an awful example. When they say we preferred, Lot had to beg them to come into his home. And they came in. They came in, he made them unleavened breads, made them a meal, they're ready for bed. Who comes beating down the door? The Bible says the young and the old. They surrounded the house. Surrounded the house. And they're trying to beat down the door. Lot opens the door to investigate what they want. What do they say? Bring these men that came to your house tonight, to your house tonight, so that we may know them. That's what the King James Version says. That we may know them. The NIV and other say that we may have sex with them. Lot offers shamelessly offers his daughters. Offers his daughters. But in anger, they didn't want that. They wanted the two men. So, trying to force their ways in, the angels closed the door and blinded the men. Blinded everybody, young and old. And there they are, searching for the door still. I know that if I was going to go blind right now, I'd be in panic mode. Not them. The Bible says they eagerly continue to search for the door. Search for the door. Then the angels look to Lot and tell him of the destruction that's going to come to Sodom, to Gomorrah, and the surrounding cities. The ungodliness from these two cities has spread around the plains. All over. It spread. The Bible says a little leaven it, leaven it the whole lump. In other words, Sin spreads. The Bible says that we are creators of evil things. Not only do we do them, we create more. We we went from having grenades and little bombs, now we have atomic bombs. Creator of evil things. That just gives you a picture how devastating man has become. How devastating. But we know through scripture the world's not going to end that way. So man can make as many atomic bombs as he wants. We're not going to die that way. Not according to the word of God. This world is going to burn with fervent heat, it says. With fervent heat. First, the world was flooded. Remember Noah? The world was flooded. Why? Because they were given in marriage and feasting and doing all these things. They were doing all these ungodly things and the outcry came up to the heavens and God said enough he did the same with Sodom enough that's why he sent the angels could you imagine 
how things could have been different if Lot was a good example. The Bible says in 2 Peter 7 and 8, his soul was vexed. He was deeply troubled by the things he saw and heard, but never said a word. The Bible says, where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. What do you treasure most in life? Is it Christ? Then God bless you. If it's not, we need prayer. We need prayer. We get, need to get our life in order. When the angels told Lot, well, who do you have? Sons and lords, woo! Get them out of the city. He went to his sons and lords, and when he told them of the destruction that was to come, the Bible says they made a mockery. They said, what is this, a joke? Are you kidding me? Nah, it's not going to happen. And then for Lot, his wife, and two daughters, you know how the Bible says they left the city? The angel had to take their hands. Read it for yourself. The angels had to take their hands. Hold oh, their hands. Here's Angels by Thomas. Oh, sorry. Apple Music. So anyway, never mind. Oh. How embarrassing. The angels took their hands. One angel had Lot and his wife. The other angel had both daughters. Dragging them out of the city. Dragging them out. And then they were told one simple thing. Don't look back. Right? Don't look back. Who looks back? The wife. What does she turn into? <coughs> a pillar of salt. Pillar of salt. <coughs> Where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. It's very sad. Angels tell Lot, go to the mountains. Oh, I want to go to the mountains. He makes a request. How dare he? He's being saved from destruction and at the same time makes a request. I don't want to go to the mountains. I don't want to go up there. What happens if the fire spreads so much that I get consumed? How, why would you think that? Why would you think that God would save you from a burning city and kill you in the mountain? He should have just left you in the city. So the angel at his request granted the request. And where does he wind up in Zoar? You know, that was one of the cities that was supposed to be burnt, consumed in a heap of ashes. But God spared that city because of Lot. Because of Lot. That's why that city was spared. Because of Lot. May God, through His Word, as we really read it daily and pray, that we have things in order in our lives the way God wants them to be not the way we want them to be we're human beings <coughs> and we struggle with the flesh all of us do whether it's of the flesh whether it's of the mind but all that needs work and as we work on it by allowing the spirit of God to lead our lives you're not going to accomplish anything doing it on your own. It just doesn't work that way. If it did, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have to come. 
But in order for us to live in newness of life, in newness of life, it has to be Spirit-led. It has to be. He's our teacher. He's the one that guides us. He's the one that reveals Christ in our lives. While we sit back and really do nothing, and rewards are being added in the kingdom of God for us, for us, when Christ is doing it all in our lives. In our lives. I want to say this one thing, and I, I believe it's very important. I'm sorry I went over time. There's one thing I want to say about the big Eva. They're accepting. They're accepting, and it's very sad. There are many people that struggle with different sins in their lives. You have the alcoholic. You have the drug addict. And you have those who are in the LGBTQ community. There are people that call themselves Christians siding with them. And what I mean is saying, you know what? The clobber passages, we understand. What are the clobber passages? Ezekiel 18 verse 22 says that the life, mankind with mankind, womankind with womankind is detestable. It's repulsive. Romans 1 verse 27 says these are shameful acts. 2 Corinthians 6, 9, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 going down says that they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That is, anybody who believes that can have that kind of life and still be a Christian. Whether it's the people in the community, whether it's the drunkard, whether it's the drug addict, whether it's the liar, whether it's the perjurer, the Bible says they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They shall not. We are the light. We are the salt. People need to hear about the Lord from our lives. They need to see the Lord in our lives. May God help us and give us the strength on a daily basis to live for His honor and glory. You and I were bought with a price. And our lives are hidden in Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we're able to sing these beautiful songs. We thank you, Father, for thy word. We pray by your grace and strength and the leading of your spirit, with great conviction we apply these things to our lives. We cannot fear what man can say or do to us. In the United States is more say. Hardly any do. There are many Christians all around the world that are offering their lives to you, Lord Jesus, because they love you so much. And they understand fully that they're pilgrims passing through. And their life is not their own. Father, we pray for anyone here that doesn't know your Son, the Lord Jesus. Christ that has never repented and sought for forgiveness and turned away from their sins we pray for that soul that this may be the day they get saved Father we thank you for this food that is downstairs we seek and ask your blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus Amen